Thanks for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. Gifted. That's the name of the new series that we're kicking off today. If I can get my notes up. There we go. Which is awesome. If you're, not, if you're new to this church, my name is Murray. And, and as Kaz said, we're part of the, the leadership here. And we just have, it's such a privilege and such an honour to lead such an amazing church community. Um, and we are just passionate about one thing more than any other. And that's we're passionate about Jesus. We're passionate about being in a growing relationship with Jesus. We're passionate about seeing Jesus really lead and guide not only this church, but the Highfields community, the um, Clinton community, bringing down right across the board. We want to see Jesus moving powerfully. That's our desire. You know, and if you're checking church out, great to have you here. Please make sure you grab your free coffee um, and say hi to someone. Let them know that you're new. If you're new, you get a free coffee. Um, and um, we'd love to help you connect in, in any way that we can. So yeah, this is the, the new series called Gifted, and I've been praying a little bit over the last couple of weeks. Um, it's good to, be, good to be back again, sort of teaching and, and, and speaking in the world after, after a couple of weeks, and been praying a lot with God about what, what would you want me to bring into this space as we kick off this new series, but on the back of you know, life experiences, and so often, I don't know about you, but so often God you know, is always teaching us through every, every experience in life, the, the, the highlights and the, and the blessings and the challenges of life. He continues to speak into our lives. And in my time of, and Kaz together, we've talked a bit about today, and reflecting and praying and <clears throat> sitting under counsel um, over the last couple of weeks, getting some good counselling over the past few weeks. Um, one of the things that our counsellor spoke to us about kind of resonated for us, not just in terms of for us, but really resonated in terms of what we should kick off this series with. How often does that happen? You talk to someone and they speak in a, in a certain context and it speaks into another area of your life and you go, wow, I've got to write that down. So um, Shannon, if you ever hear this message, thank you for, for, uh, for what you've spoken to our lives over the last couple of weeks. Um, but what happened was Shannon reminded me of a, an important and powerful and a humbling spiritual truth. She reminded me that through life, there is a battle for power. There's a battle going on for power in our lives. And that you and I will continue to strive to achieve power in life. We're going to battle to achieve and we might get a moment of power, a moment of control. We might get a season of power or a season of control. We might even look for having a life where I am in control am I, and I have power over this situation, over this circumstance, whatever it might be. The, the, the battle to be in control, the battle to, to write the script of what my life should look like moving forward, the, the battle to rule the environment that, I, that I'm in is something, whether we would say it out loud or not, is something that both, most of us strive for. We, we want to be in control. We want to we have power in moments and in situations, in circumstances. The problem with that is we start to think that safety and our security is thought to be in that power. And, and, and Kaz talked a bit about identity before, but almost our identity can get found in what power we possess. 
No, I'm, I'm in control of the situation. I've got the kids doing exactly what, what I want them to do. I'm, 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 I have power in that situation and, and therefore it's right. Or I'm in a work situation and they're doing what I want them to do. And that's, I'm not saying these are bad things, but, but I feel I'm, I'm empowered and I have power in that situation and that circumstance. But the problem is, what happens when power gets taken away from us? If our identity is locked in power and control, what happens when that gets stolen away from us? Because so often... That's what happens. Power can be taken away from us. It can be stolen away from us. And it can be devastating. It can be, we can lose a job. And all of a sudden, we don't have power in that place of earning income. or no, we don't, We're not there anymore. And so that, that control or that part of the power of our life in that area or in a relationship that doesn't work, what happens if my identity is locked in the power, in the position, in the control that I have? You see, this power that we strive for doesn't bring safety. It doesn't bring freedom. It doesn't bring success. It doesn't bring eternal opportunities. There's something else that brings those things. It's a gift that's given. The beautiful thing about what does, if it's not power, Murray, then what is it that lays me in that place that even if I lose power, that I can still be strong in who I am in my identity? What brings that? And it's a gift, and it's not earned. And you don't have to buy it and you don't have to borrow it and you don't have to work for it. It's a life-changing gift from God that is available to every single person who gives their life to Jesus and accepts him as Lord and Saviour. And without that relationship with Jesus, you can't step into this gift. You can't experience this gift. But when you recognise who Jesus is and what he did and you step into that space, there is a gift that takes the place and fills the void that we try and fill with power and control in situations and circumstances. And as we kick off this gifted series, yes, we'll get to talking about spiritual gifts. We'll start to talk about those even next week. But I want to share with you a biblical insight into an important gift that God has available for every one of us who are followers of Jesus. And if you're just checking church out, if you're checking faith out, if you're checking Jesus out this morning, I want to encourage you that there is a gift waiting for you that will empower your life. It's the gift of authority. Not power, not control. But it's the gift of authority and it's a gift that God gives us. It's not authority in ourselves and in our own right. It's the gift of authority that we get to sit under God's authority and what we're going to learn in a moment. And Jesus says, the authority that I've been given, I give to you as a gift. How cool. Not about my control. Not about my power, but about stepping into the authority God has and that Jesus has and living that out. Core text for this particular message is, is in Matthew. Most of you will have maybe have heard of this. It's called the Great Commission. It's Matthew 28. I'm going to read from verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. So he comes to the disciples, and this is a core moment. This is a core moment where Jesus is, is empowering the disciples. And the echo of that is, as he empowers the disciples, that empowerment continues to echo through the generations to you and to me. Okay, so this is not just about this moment. This is an empowering that, that's, that starts here and continues on. And he says, all authority in heaven and earth. God has given me all authority and all power. And the very next thing he says is, 
Not this is what I'm going to do. Not this is who I am. The very next thing he says, all the power is given to me. And then he says, therefore, go. What's he done? You guys need to know, all authority is given to me, Jesus says. And I'm giving it to you. So what he's saying when he says, therefore, go, if you understand the Greek, what he's saying is, so go with that authority that I've been given from God. I'm sending you with that same authority. What a beautiful picture. He's saying, now go and live your life. And he's not saying go with power, go with your control, go seeking to be in control of every situation, go and try and build power in your life. He says, no, no, no. He says, I have authority and I give it to you to live that out. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. I love that part of it. I'm empowering you. I'm giving you authority. And guess what? We're together. I'm with you always and forever. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. We're here doing this together. See, the good news is that you and I get to live under, firstly, Jesus' authority. And we've got to get this. It's not just, oh, well, I've got God's authority. Great. We get to sit under Jesus' authority, which is incredibly powerful. And then he empowers us with this same authority. And he says, and I'm with you always and forever. So today what I want to talk about is the difference between living in power and seeking power and trying to, trying to get in places where we, where we can make sure we're in the powerful situation, that we have the power over, rather than, which is a striving thing. You get that, don't you? I need to, get, I need to be in control here. Power, control. I need to be in control here. We strive for that. Rather than, I need to sit under the authority of Jesus and allow his authority to flow through me. The question is, what does it look like to live in that authority? Good question. I want to try and spend some time unpacking that a little bit. And I want you to bear with me because the best way I can describe this is be very real and raw and talk about what does that look like for you right now, Murray? Where, where power and control was robbed of you a couple of weeks ago. How, how do you navigate that? It's not easy. So I'm, I'm, I'm preaching this message saying, I get that this is a decision we need to make and sometimes when we look at our circumstances, it's not easy. But when we understand and we step into the authority that God has for us and we live that out, there is a freedom and there is a peace that God brings. Far too often we live according to our own power, to our own control, to our own abilities instead of trusting and knowing and living in Jesus' authority. The problem is, Power is fleeting. There are moments where we might have power. We might be in control. Things might be going the way we want them to. And then there are other moments where they can be stolen away. Let me break it down. How do we lose power? Because I think if you understand this for your life, it'll help you to understand, well, if, if that's not what's going to bring what I need, then how do I sit under the authority of Jesus? How do we lose power? Well, let me start with the first obvious example in our lives. With the break-in and the assault in our home two weeks ago, power was taken away from us. It was taken away from me in that moment where, you know, your home is normally a safe place. It's your haven, isn't it? And then, and then you wake up and your security goes off and you, what's going on? People are trying to break in and by the time I got down the stairs, somebody's walking into our home, through the garage, into our home to get the keys. And 
power in that moment was taken away where, where we, I, my house had been invaded and, and obviously there was a scuffle and I don't want to go too, into too much of the detail around that. But I can try and fight back as best I can. And I did and we got them out of the house and they didn't get anything outside of probably giving a few bruises and, and what have you. Um, but since then, the power that I had that said this is my home and this is safe because I'm providing a safe place for you, that got robbed. Do you understand that? So, the, so if I'm thinking about it's all about control and power, I did what I could physically, but power and control was stolen away in that moment. So if it's all about power and control, what do I do now? And my life has to be more than just power and control. For you, it might be your job. And some of you have gone through the situation where you've lost your job and, and all of a sudden you, were, you, you knew exactly what life looked like, you knew what your income was about, you had a career and for whatever reason you lose your job or if you're running a business, business is not coming in and all of a sudden you're thinking, well, I don't have control over my financial situation, circumstances anymore. It's being robbed of me. Well, if that's where our identity sits, then what do we do? We wrestle with that and it impacts us. But if, if okay, there's some things I can do practically to get another job or to build my business but what if my identity sits in the authority of who Jesus says that I am maybe it's in relationship breakdowns for you some in this place are, are going through some tough times in your marriages right now and you're feeling like what should be and what is control or power is not the place it should be for you and you're wrestling with that maybe maybe it's over the past you've been abused verbally physically maybe even sexually you know, and there's been power that's been removed from you. And if it's all about that, then how do you try and replace that? Sure, we can get healing. I'm not saying we don't go after healing. But if our identity is, is in the power of my body, and then my body is violated in some way, shape, or form, then what happens with that? Maybe your business is struggling, as I mentioned. Maybe you don't have a voice. Someone's lied about you. They've attacked your credibility. There's nothing you can do. Financially in debt, maybe things have been solved. Maybe you've lost a position. Maybe you failed an exam that was really important and your, your whole power and control was in the position you were going to get when you passed that exam and then that didn't happen anymore. And so things are different. Maybe for you, you've got adult kids or teenage kids and they're not doing what you want them to do and you feel like you just have no control, no power in that situation. Some of us can relate to that. Maybe it's life's really good and then there's the death of a loved one. It's like, my whole world has been turned upside down. What, what do I do now? See, we can have power taken away from us. We can lose power. It can get out of control. However, this gift of authority that we received as children of, of, the God, of God, of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, this mantle that God gives us, that we are given when we accept Jesus into our life, that's something that no one can ever take away. The authority of being a child of God. A son, a daughter of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. No matter what happens to you, no matter what's spoken about you, you are always a child of the King. A God who created the heavens and the earth, who has a plan and a purpose for your life. And we'll talk about what he promises and what he doesn't because there is some really poor teaching around what God promises to those who follow him. And I'm going to talk about that in a moment. So we understand really clearly what God promises when we sit under his authority. But what I want to understand is that the only way, the only way we can, if we are followers of Jesus, that we can lose that authority that God's given us is if we, we give it back. If we don't accept it, if we don't live it out. That's the only way. No one can steal the authority that we're given as children of the king. Sons and daughters, 
of the Most High God. Princes and princesses. Ones that he would say, if you're the only person who lived this life, I would still have gone on that cross at that first Easter and I would have died for you and I've risen again for you and I would have overcome sin and death for you. That's an authority nobody can rob off you. For those of you who maybe have never realized that, never accepted Jesus, he has so much for your life. And all he wants us to do is to understand and accept that he died for us. He died for you. And he rose again that you might have a life that is abundant and full. And I'll unpack that in a moment. But we've got to stand in this authority. and We've got to continue to claim the gift, this inheritance. In the gospel, the gospel of Luke chapter 10 verse 17 we read this, Jesus is teaching and the, seven, the 72 disciples returned from ministering and they'd been, been ministering in God's, in the authority of Jesus and, and, he, and, and they were excited and, uh, and they came back, Lord, they came back with joy and they said, Lord, even the demons submit to us using your name. Even the demons, we're doing things and when we stand in the authority, they're saying, when they stand in the authority of your name, wow, the world changes. And Jesus replied, I saw Satan Fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions to overcome all the power of the enemy. You see, we have power to overcome the impact the enemy has. That doesn't say, I've given you all authority that everything's going to be good and nothing's ever going to go bad. You're never going to go through tough times. God doesn't say that. But he says, I give you authority to, to be victorious over to stand on top of your situations and circumstances and not let your situations and circumstances come over you. You know, I think about families that have had sick children and, you, and, and, and it's like time after time you're on this battle of trying to get your children well and you don't you know what the doctors are saying and you can allow that to come over and say, God, I'm standing on your promises. I'm standing in the authority of who you are and what you say about me and about my family. See, God promised us the authority to stand against anything. That's what the scripture says. Snake scorpions to overcome the power of the enemy. We've got the authority to stand against anything this world throws at us. Anything the enemy tries. doesn't say when you become Christians, the enemy can't touch you. It's not what it says. It says we can stand against whatever comes at us. It's not going to impact us. People trying to rob it, break into my home is not going to take authority away from me. And who Jesus says that I am. Sickness is not going to take authority away from who we are. It's an important teaching point that we need to get this morning and that God's been really graciously showing us over the last few days. See, God is sovereign over all things. His power guides all things in creation. Even your next breath is a gift from God. We don't know the time that our days on this earth are finished. So every moment, every day, this is the day the Lord has made, I'll rejoice and be glad in it. We say that sometimes. and Every breath is a gift from God. Another opportunity, another breath, another chance to worship him, to experience him, to live a life that he's calling me to live. And it's important for us to understand that that is the gift that he gives. Each day is a unique opportunity for us to be used by God. And if you're not living in the authority of Jesus, then you're not living fully in the freedom he has for you. You're being held back. And so when the situations of this world come, when the challenges of this world come, and we're not standing and living in, in, that, in that relationship with Jesus and the authority he brings, then what is the cornerstone that helps you to walk through the situation? 
What helps you to walk through the situation rather than standing in it? It's the authority Jesus has over your relationship. So the authority Jesus has over your, over your, your relationship with him and your relationship with others. But the enemy comes to try and rob and kill and destroy. And I guess part of what I wanted to I guess, get across this morning is God shows us very clearly that we're in a battle. Ephesians speaks about us putting on the armour of God. You've heard about that? Where Paul writes and he, he writes to the church in Ephesus. He says, you know, we've got to put on the armour of God. I wonder why Paul says we have to put on armour. Why would he say that? Maybe it's because we're in a battle. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, verse 10 says, Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all of God's armour so that you may be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. It doesn't say, put on the armour of God, but don't worry too much because nothing is going to happen to you because you're a Christian and it's all good. It's not what he says. He says we need to stand in the authority, put on all of God's armour so that you may stand firm against the strategy of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities of this unseen world, against mighty powers of this dark world, against evil spirits and the heavenly places. He says there's stuff that goes on practically, but understand there's a spiritual realm. And we are in a battle. Now, the war is won. Jesus won. But the enemy doesn't know it yet. And he's still trying to throw his darts, trying to rob, kill and destroy. And when we, stand, when we live in the authority, we put on these things that, that, Jesus is talk, or that, that Paul is talking about. He says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armour so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll be standing firm. After the battle, you'll still be standing firm. Stand your ground, put on the belt of truth and the body armour of God's righteousness and the shoes and the, put on the peace that, goes, uh, that comes from good news that's, uh, so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all these things, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery darts of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Paul gives us a guideline to say there is armour, spiritual armour if you like, that he wants us to live in and put on. Why? Why would he say this? Why would he want us to put on the armour? Because we're in a battle. And the enemy's trying to take control. And the enemy's trying to remove power. Here's the good news. The enemy can't touch the authority that you have in Jesus Christ. The enemy cannot touch it. And when we stand in that, when we understand the truth of who we are as sons and daughters of the king, this world can throw so much at us. We can go, okay, what am I going to do with that? Am I going to allow the impact of that to pull me back or am I going to keep standing forward and know that God's got me? So what does he promise? When the, on the times when power is stripped away from you, what does he promise? Well, let's start with what God doesn't promise. Come on, church. God never promised a totally protected, safe kumbaya life. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, you know, believe it or not, I'm actually happy with that. I don't, I don't want to live a kumbaya life. I want to live in, you know, we, we spoke at a men's camp just recently. We had a few of the, the, the um, men's small group. And we had a men's camp and they, the guys asked me to share on, on a Friday night. And I talked about living an adventurous life, that Jesus calls us to live an adventurous life. You know, where, where he calls us into places and spaces where he says, come with me, let's, let's live a life in adventure. And, 
I, talk, I talked about, I love rhinoceros. You know, um, we talked about rhinos, I've gone off script here, but we talked about rhinos and, and we talked about different animals and the grouping of different animals. And, you know, uh, a collective group of um, crows or a murder of crows, have you heard of that? And a herd of cows. And do you know what the, a collective group of rhinoceros are? Or rhinoceri? Or what, what? I don't. Rhinos? A crash. A crash of rhinos. You know why? Because they can only see about 10 or 15 metres in front of them. And so what they do is what they see, they go after and they go hard and they crash. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. And get out of their way otherwise because they're coming through. And I thought, how cool would it be to be, live a life where God shows you this and you go, I don't care about anything else, that's what I'm going after. An adventurous life. But he does, and he promises a life adventure if you hold him by the hand. But he doesn't promise us this safe, protected kumbaya life. He says, I'm sending you out and things are going to get tough and they might tear you up a bit. But hey, come follow me. Peter says, arm yourself because we're going into battle. Not, not because he wants us to be fearful, because the battle's won in Jesus. But what he's saying is, I want you to take up the authority that you have, that you know you're not going in this world, in this life, on your own. We're doing this together. Following Jesus, you may suffer. You may be persecuted. Really, Murray? Is that true? Check out most of the disciples and the way they finish their lives. Most of them were martyred. Most of them died for their faith. Good news is, most of us don't have to go through that for our faith anymore. But there is a battle. And I'm not going to water this down. We need, we need to step into the authority. So he never promised us a life without trials or persecution and challenges. What he does promise, here's the good news. He promises you and I that we are children of his. He promises you that no matter what you go through, he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. If you're a follower of Jesus, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He promises us that we have victory over death. We have eternal life. We're called to live a life that goes beyond this world. The good news is that we live a life eternally here on earth and in heaven. He promises us that he will supply all of our needs according to his riches. That he will never leave us needing something that we truly need according to his riches. That's his promise for us. So in the tough times where we're struggling, go, what do I do next? He says, I've got, I've, got, I've got you. I've got what you need. Keep trusting me. Keep walking with me. He promises us that his grace will be sufficient in all that we need. He promises us that no matter what, these are all scripturally backed. He promises us that we will not be overcome with temptation. No matter what we are tempted with, God's promise is he gives us a way out. So if you're sitting there right now and there's stuff going on in your world and you're being tempted around stuff at the moment, maybe, maybe addiction, maybe pornography, I don't know what it is. He says, there's a way. I will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. That's his promise for those who walk with him and allow him to be at the centre of our lives. He promises us that all who believe are going to be saved. His desire is that none should perish and all will enter the kingdom of God. His desire is that we will live a life of fruitfulness and fulfilment. Not safety, never going through tough times, but his promise is a life with Jesus where the authority that we live under is his and the authority that lives out of us is his, that he will bring fruitfulness and he will bring fulfillment. That your life will be one 
where you don't just go through the motions. That's my, that's my story. Mid-twenties. Didn't know God, didn't know Jesus, had never walked with him. And I, and I heard about this Jesus that brings fulfillment. And no matter what I tried in my life, I could never feel fulfilled. I was doing well in sport, I was in relationships, work-wise, but there was always something missing. It's always a gap. And that day that I invited Jesus into my life, he brought fulfillment like I had never experienced before. And there's always been challenges along the way, but I've never felt unfulfilled since that moment. He promises we get to walk in his authority and he promises, he promises you that he makes all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. All things. Takes every situation, takes every circumstance. He makes all things work together for good. Let me read that in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. See, the devil comes to attack and to remove power, but he cannot remove, he cannot rob God's authority in your life. Authority is an inheritance for those of us who follow Jesus. And so I want to say to you in a moment, I'm going to give you the opportunity if you've never accepted Jesus into your life. Do not leave this place without receiving and sitting under the authority of Jesus, allowing the power and the authority of Jesus to work through you. You know, and maybe I'll finish with this story. In the Old Testament, we read about a young guy, Daniel, and his Jewish mates. Strange names, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Many of you would have heard this story. And they're captive in Babylon, these Jewish guys, young guys. There are hundreds of kilometres from home. And the Babylonians try to change them. They try to rob their identity. They try to remove the authority that they sit in with God. And they change their names. They call, they give them different names. And they try and change their eating habits. And they try and strip their identity. And they strip the power that they have. And they're being persecuted. But even under the threat of death, because they wouldn't worship the statue of King Nebuchadnezzar, and they wouldn't serve the gods that Nebuchadnezzar wanted them to serve. They never despaired. They never gave up. They remained faithful and they stead- held steadfast with unswerving hope. And they stood under the authority of God and said, I see what's happening to me. I see the circumstances and situations, but I am not going to walk away from my God who provides the authority and the freedom that I need. We are talking about this a few days later and we were praying with God after what happened to us and we were angry about what happened. It was like, God, there's so many things you could have done here. And we've got lots of questions and some of them haven't been answered yet. Some of them have maybe. But we said to each other, what else could we do but continue to serve and follow and trust in our God? We don't have all the answers, but where else could we go? What else could we do? Imagine trying to go through this without a faith in Jesus to carry us. These guys were doing the same thing and they they got to the point where the king was going to throw them into this fiery furnace and he gave them one more chance to bow to the statue. And this is the response that these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego said, in the midst of that, where all power, all control has been stolen from them. And they say this, they say, Oh Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves before you. King, we're not trying to argue or be disrespectful here. They're about to get thrown into a blazing fire. We don't want to be disrespectful. But to answer your question as to who will save us, 
if we are thrown into this blazing fire, the God whom we serve is able to save us. Our God's able to save us. We know that. I love that. Our God is able to save us. He'll rescue us from your power, Your Majesty. But even if He doesn't, Your Majesty, can, Your Majesty can be assured that we will never serve Your gods or worship the gold statue You've put up, You've set up. No matter what happens, I'm never going to walk away from my God. Because where else could I go? No matter whether my marriage is on the rocks, He's left me. She's left me. It's. It's. I'm not going to walk away from my God. Despite my financial situation, I don't know where the next dollar's coming in. I don't know how we're going to put food on the table. We're going to look at different ways of things, but I'm not walking away from my God. I'm pressing in. Where else could I go? What else could I do? I need to sit under the authority of my Jesus because of what He promises about the relationship that He has with Him. And so many of us have had stories where we've gone through the tough times and we've pressed into God rather than moving away from God and God has provided. Anyone else got a story like that? You may lose power, but it's your choice as to whether you give up authority. The week after the guys broke in and, and um, there was the assault, um, it was a very warm, very, quite a hot week. And we've got a swimming pool at our place and we have magnesium in the pool, which apparently is really good for, for healing processes. And so um, talking to the doctor and they just said, look, you know, make sure you jump in the pool and, and, and do that as well. And so I'm in the pool and we've got, most of you know, we have a little granddaughter, uh, Aliana, who's about 15, 16 weeks now. Six months. <laughs> Gee, I'm glad Brooke and Dennis aren't here this morning. Aliana is six months old. And I'm in the pool with her and, and I'm sort of holding her in the pool and, and we're just having some fun. And, you know, Eliana's sort of sitting like this. And, you know, this time I'm really wrestling with God, you know, just generally about God. Why would you have this happen? And where, you know, where are you, God? Where were you in that situation? And, you know, what, what does it look like moving forward? And, I, and I'm playing with her like this and I'm standing like this and our house is behind, behind me, right? So the pool's here, we're in the pool. And she's there and all of a sudden she gets this big, she's looking beyond me and she's looking up. And all of a sudden, she just gets this big smile on her face. And I'm like, what? And I'm turning around and thinking, what's she looking at? And she's sort of the roof. And then she starts to giggle. And I turned around and looked again. And then as I came back really clearly, I felt like God say, she sees my angels. She sees my angels. Now, some would say, well, where were they on the night, Murray? <laughs> maybe, maybe it was Smoko. Maybe it was just like a... <laughs> I don't know, but you know what I do know? My God is able. My God is trustworthy. He doesn't allow me to go through anything I can't bear. And he showed me through this beautiful little baby girl that he's with me. And I got a bit teary. I was just like, boom. And, and, and I said to Kaz, you know, you know what God just showed me? Because we're all looking. What, 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 what's she looking at? She's giggling. You may lose power, but it's your choice as to whether you give up authority. First John chapter 4 and verse 4 says, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because, you, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. People can try and rob us. They can try and abuse us. Situations can be totally out of our control and we can feel helpless. But when we're reminded that it's power, it's not power that brings us peace. 
It's not power and control that brings us freedom. It's not power and control that brings us eternal opportunities. It's not power and control that brings us authority, uh, brings us fulfillment. It's standing with Jesus and letting Jesus and the love of Jesus be in us and work through us in His authority. That's where we work through these situations. That's where we get freedom. That's where we stand in victory. Wherever you're at, whatever's happening in your life, Jesus has victory for you. Don't turn away from Him because of the circumstance. Press in. Draw on His love. Draw on His grace. Draw on His mercy. Draw on His authority. I'll leave you with this passage in Romans chapter 8. Now in all things. Now in all things. Now in every situation. In every circumstance. Now in all things. We are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am convinced, Apostle Paul says, For I am convinced. Are you convinced? For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation. I think he's got it covered. Nothing. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God loves you. Jesus loves you. If you look at the circumstances and you, create, you, you decide on who loves you and who doesn't because of the circumstances, you've missed it. Our ways are not His ways, but He loves you. And as you step into His love and His authority, He'll bring freedom. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning that you've shown and encouraged and reminded each of us that you are a God who is in control. And there are so many of us this morning that their lives seem out of control. So I just want to pray for those this morning who have situations and circumstances that seem to be overpowering them. You know what it is in your life. There's something going on, situation, relationship, finance, sin. And you feel like you're overpowered. You feel like you've lost control. In this moment, we're going to invite the authority of Jesus to speak into and to step into that place. So I don't know what it is for you, but in the quietness of this moment, once you bring that to Jesus, and let, would you allow me to pray for you in that moment? Father, in Jesus' name as we hold up these things, as we've tried to gain power and gain, gain strength and gain control, we give them to you. And we say, Jesus, would you have your way? We trust you. We love you. We thank you, Father God. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and you would bring healing right now as people are giving them to you, giving those situations, those circumstances to you right now, Lord God. As they're laying on the foot of the cross, Father, I pray in Jesus' name you would bring healing. You would bring freedom. Right now, I just, I just see it. I just see like a weight lifting. It's like a, like a weight lifting. It's like a, a cloth that's been pulled up. This heavy cloak, heavy cloth that's been over that situation, over that situation. It's just being taken. He's just releasing. He's just taking it up as you give it to Jesus and say, God, I can't do this anymore. I need your strength. I need your power. I need your authority. I release it to you. 
I release my work situation to you in Jesus' name. I release that person to you in Jesus' name. I release that, release that health issue to you in Jesus' name. I trust you. I love you. I thank you. You know, friend, while we're in this moment of prayer, just, just recognising who God is and who we are and the, the incredible gap between, between who we are and who God is. You may be sitting here and you may have either never thought about accepting Jesus to be an authority in your life, to lead you. Or maybe you have a long time ago and it's like, I'm out of whack. I'm, I'm out of whack. I'm not in line with where God wants me to be. And He's calling you back. This morning, He's been calling you back. And so in this moment of prayer, as we, as we sit in prayer, if that's you and you say, Murray, would you pray for me? I, 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 I want to experience this Jesus you're experiencing. I, I want to experience His love, His power, his authority. I want, I want Him to lead my life. If that's you right now, could I pray for you? I had the privilege of having somebody pray for me and it changed my life. It'll change your life. Jesus will change your life. He'll change your, 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 the way you see things. He wants to do it now. If that's you, can I pray for you? Just raise your hands so I know I'm praying for. Awesome, man. That's so good. So good. Straight away. That's me. Anyone else? Is there anyone saying, I need that Jesus. That Jesus you're talking about, would you pray for me? I need that Jesus. We've got one guy in this place saying, that's me. I need this Jesus you're talking about to lead my life. Is there anyone else? Before I pray, don't miss the moment. Don't miss the moment. He loves you. Maybe you've moved away from Him and it's time to come back. Maybe you've been carrying stuff. And it's time to let it go. Come back to Him. Just before I pray, is there anyone else? Awesome. Church, church, would you pray for me, uh, with me for this person who's made, just making the decision to say, I need Jesus. And whether you've raised your hand or not in your heart, if you know this is you too, I want you to just, just pray this prayer along with me. Let's all pray it together. Dear God, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you chose me. And in this moment, I accept you as my Lord and as my Saviour. I'm going to sit under your authority and I'm going to allow your authority to move through my life. I'm no longer going to strive for control and power. I'm going to trust you, Jesus. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.highfields on Facebook or Instagram or head to highlandschurch.org.au for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Highfields message podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.